Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. On today's show, I've got Wayne Cole joining me. Wayne is one of my favorite people to talk Wizards with. This guy's putting in the hours. If you're not following him on social media, you need to be doing that. Wayne's at every practice. He's grinding it out. He's in all of these Zooms, these meetings. He's there in person, you know, hearing firsthand from the players, taking clips of them, shooting in practice and and half-court drills and Johnny Davis's corner three-point shot. So, He's really grinding. I think, you know, he he deserves all of the attention. His, his videos are getting and stuff like that because uh, it's just putting in hard work. So happy to talk to him. We're going to kind of review what happened at, you know, in the last preseason game a little bit, and then just talk about what he's seen at practice from the team, what he expects. And then we'll do sort of a, here's what to expect from the first, you know, three or four games of the season. First, uh, just a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, just before we get to the convo with Wayne, I, I want to mention one thing. We are doing a Believe in Wizards night at a Capital City Go-Go game. It will be on December the 9th. And what that means is uh, you'll get a discounted ticket to the Go-Go game. They play the Long Island Nets, pretty good team. So you'll see some guys eventually playing next to KD and maybe Kyrie and Ben Simmons and all those guys this year. if That whole team stays together. But uh, these are you know future impactful NBA players. You'll potentially get to see some Isaiah Todd, maybe some Johnny Davis at this rate. We'll see. Uh, Jordan Goodwin, Jordan Shackle, probably Quentin Jackson, everybody's favorite right now. So come on out, support the uh, Capital City Go-Go, and honestly, support the show. If you like what we're doing, I think this will be a really fun event. Tickets for uh, 100-level seats are $10. It's at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. It's a 7 p.m. game on, again, December 9th. $10 tickets to go to a professional sport event, sporting event. Concessions there are actually like half of what they are at Capital One. So if you have a family or your kid's Little League team or whatever, and you want to bring a bunch of people out, this is the cheapest way to do it. If you are over 21 years old, you can do the Capital City SIP series, which means they will give you for a $40 ticket, also a 100 level ticket, but also unlimited beer and wine throughout the course of the game, which is awesome. I'm not sure you can drink cheaper on a Friday night in DC than, uh, than that. So at the very least, even if you don't like minor league basketball, come on out, support the show. Get some free, not free, but some, some really cheap beer and wine. And uh, yeah, we'll just have a good time. 
We're going to record a live podcast after the show. If we get a certain amount of people to actually join. And by that, it's sort of a nebulous. If you get a good turnout, we'll provide you with people from the team. So you can get players, coaches, all these things that that'll be popping into the show. We'll take some fans up on stage or however we're going to set this up and let you kind of share your thoughts, uh, you know, in real time. And we'll do some giveaways and stuff like that too. So again, if you like the show, you like what we're doing, come on out. If you just want to hang out with some other Wizards fans in a cool laid back setting, hey, this is your opportunity to do it. And the way the Wizards are trending, the Capital City Go-Go might be the best basketball team in town this winter. So uh, let's let's show them a little love. All right. Uh, Wayne is also a big proponent of the Go-Go. I see him in all these games. We're pretty much the only two people grinding it out there for a lot of these. So uh, we'll mention it to him during the interview. But yeah, let's get to my combo with Wayne. All right. I'm pleased to be joined by Wayne Cole. As I mentioned in the intro, Wayne has been grinding. I see so many videos coming out of practices and stuff like that. Wayne, how do you have time to like live your life, man? You, it seems like you, uh, you're following this team around more than anybody else. So I appreciate all the hard work. I appreciate you, man. I, I, I love it. You know, um, it's a passion of mine. So I try to fit in as much as I can, um, you know, want to get a good perspective from the players so that I can in turn, give a good perspective to the fans as well. But, um, this. They say when you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work, and it doesn't feel like work right now. So that's, right, that's the best I can give you. I, I know I love it, man. I'm 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 so tickled by every t- video you post. Like I feel like I'm I'm a lot more connected to the team because you're putting out more content from their practices and stuff than they are. So it's nice to know what's actually going on in the facility. Uh, Appreciate you, Matt. I I think a lot of what we're going to talk about here today is kind of what you've seen firsthand, and there's some questions people had for it and stuff, but. I just want to take like a few minutes up front and talk about this last Knicks preseason game because we didn't mm-hmm. talk about that on the show. I was like very uninspired by that performance. Like they looked flat to me in a preseason mm-hmm. game, which is the last one. Like it's kind of like a dress rehearsal. I, I get it, but they I made this joke already. So I'm turning into like a dad at this point, I guess. But they turned Mitchell Robinson into David Robinson. Like he looked so good against mm-hmm. us because of the energy. And I just I want to be like the team or the fans of a team that like were the ones who played hard as shit in a preseason game that didn't mean anything. Like it's, it just seemed like the too cool for school vibe or something. And I don't know. I just, that was my takeaway. I'm curious what you thought of that next game. Well, the one thing it was no KP. Yep. So a big that, that right there was a, a little downer because I, I sure. would have loved to seen him kind of get that, that last game in. Um, I don't know. Do we chalk it up to maybe the jet lag still or just getting your feet yeah, wet from Japan? Be. I know that um, has been said across the league when you have a, a cross international game or you're traveling across uh, waters, mm-hmm. you're coming back, your rhythm clock and just getting your bearings can take a sure. a few games or, or so days to get adjusted to. So I think that was maybe we're seeing just the tail end of that. Um, That's fair. But despite the performance, I, I I did. I caught a lot of positives. Okay. Um, no, I, I did not feel good about it. So you please, please uplift us here. Fire, um, fire away with what you had. For me, first off was Rory Hachimura. Uh, that's a no brainer one. I think he looked I think great. That's the one you got to get out of the way. Like yeah. just, man, he has had a full off season, a full um, training camp. He was able to say, you know, work on his mind and body. And I think mm-hmm. it's really paying dividends here. Yep. They say you can tell puts in work and you're just seeing that he's looking confident. He's looking comfortable. I've asked him a couple of times just in a different way, but he's just like my four year in and I feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Like I don't have to kind of second guess myself. I don't have to maybe look over like I can just play my game. Sure. And I think when you have that 
you, we know these, these guys are on their feet constantly. So when you can kind of just take a break, especially from national ball, yeah. and then just go in and just work on your regiment, man, you're, you're seeing the fruits of his labor. So, Roy, if you're watching this team, I think that should be the above and clear shoulders. His preseason, his training camp has been awesome. They've all talked about it. Though, that I guess mini camp. I had a group text with with some of my buddies today, and mm-hmm. I, I actually forgot that a couple of the other guys hyped up how he looked during that. And uh, shout out Damo for reminding me that you know they uh, that, that they actually threw him uh, you know like some positive feedback after that, which which is nice. But maybe he's just comfortable. We always talk a little bit about like the cultural thing too. Like mm-hmm. it, it's there aren't many Japanese players to go back and, and look from their adjustment into the NBA. It's kind of him and Yuta Watanabe, who's taken a few years too. So maybe that's just a thing for him to feel comfortable. He's more of an elder statesman, you know, than, than he was. So, but yeah, you're you're right. He's looked great. I I think we talked about it before, Matt, but people don't realize to kind of put it in perspective. He's like the LeBron Jordan Kobe. Like he's the mega, like he's the guy Mm -hmm. that that could be a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. Like it's really, even with just interacting with your fan fans, like, it is just all eyes on him. So we have a lot of American stars or European stars. It's like, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. So whatever, if you have an off night or on night, like that is what Japan is going to see. So that just comes with a lot of weight. And yeah. so far, he, he's been handling it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else other other than Rui? Because I'm, I'm with you on that one. But that um, <laughs> that might have been where it ended for me. The line right. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm still with you here. I guess okay. I forgot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay that's good. The, so we... Um, Man, DeLon is such a big guard, doesn't turn the ball over, defends his tail off. Sure. Um, I didn't really realize how long he was until I saw him in person. I'm like, yeah. wow. He's got a wingspan. Um, man, he has a command for the game. He gets others when they need to be. Um, mm-hmm. Love the court vision. I, I, that's, I've really been surprised. Like, Same. You really don't get to see other guys as close as we get to see the Wizards. But when I guess the guy's on your side now, it's like, oh, DeLon has some games. So. Yep. He's in, that's another positive um, I've seen. You See, said wait, you agree. What was your takeaway? Well, I, I think this says a lot about the two of us as people, Wayne. Like you are a much more positive person than me, I think, because you took both of those as positives. I look at this from this like jaded wizard's perspective of uh-huh. DeLon Wright looked really good, but I was also down on Monte Morris. So, you know, like I've, I've been kind of more focusing on the negative end of that. Like Ruiz looked good, mm-hmm. but why won't we start him? You know, like I didn't think Barton looked as good by extension. So it's like, these are the things I can't figure, right? And Rui looks so much better than me, but these guys will come off the bench. It's, those are the things I'm like trying to figure out with this team. Like, what do they need to see? Was there any world where Rui could have won a starting job? I guess it hasn't officially been announced yet, but I would assume he's probably not going to be the starting small forward on opening night. It's Mm -hmm. like, you talked about how good he looked. You started him in preseason games. Was there ever a realistic scenario where they would have started him? And if so, like what else would they have needed to see from him? Because I can't imagine he could have looked much better. Yeah, he, I mean, I've asked coach, and if you watch some of the clips that the Wizards put out, like co- coach is really high, really high on Roy. Right. The team is really high on Roy, but not um, high enough to start him. So, like, what's missing there? I get if I can get inside the mind of coach, maybe yeah. is it, man, they have that firepower off the bench. But then he's really, you know, like he can be that guy mm-hmm. and you just play into this. Okay. Let's bring it comfortable. Let's ease him in. Like you can run the second squad. Like you're the mm-hmm. guy. So not only is it a, cause I say Roy for most improved player, mm-hmm. but if okay. he, if he's anything of the preseason and you bring him off the bench, maybe six man of the year. I, I don't know. Like that's the type of 
accolades I'm seeing for Roy, like I, I think what you see is what you're getting. So, and and to pull a, qu- a, a quote from Bill, he said, and I quote, you know, we have to make Wes Unsell's job hard because mm-hmm. of this depth. So it's not, we don't want to give him an easy job. Like, oh, like we want to have him up late at night. Like, man, who should I start? Who should I start? Yeah, I've got 10 guys that are all all good as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, so I think that's maybe what you're saying is like, how do I divvy the pie up? Like, you don't want to put all your chips in with the first. You want to keep it balanced. So maybe that's the angle I'm seeing Coach West take. I think that's best case scenario, right? Yeah. I hope that that's what it is, that he's been so tickled by both Rui and Barton and Denny. It's just like, hey, they're, they're going to get their opportunities. It could be an Ishmith thing, too. Like, Ishmith never wanted to start games. He was much more comfortable coming off the bench. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe that's what Rui's talked about, too. It's just like he'd like to see the flow of the game a little bit before coming in. So we, I guess we don't know, you know, behind the scenes what conversations are feeding that. Too. Right. So it's a good point. Uh, all right. Any others you had that were real positive takeaways? And, Even from I think the, for me, I think. Because like I said, just being there every day and you mm-hmm. you talk to the players and you talk to the coach, assistant coaches, this team feels so close and connected. Yeah. The camaraderie. You think like, that trip helped with that too? I think so. Um, because like Ku said, like they were I mean, of course they're there for the game, but like they were international fans coming over. So mm-hmm. like they all they had was themselves. Yep. Like so they really had the bond. But I think with last year, it wasn't. It was no secret, you know. It was it was rocky at times. It didn't seem like the good vibes. But I think that you can't fake that, and yeah. all these guys generally care about each other. Um, so I think that carries over, right? Like you, you gotta like the people you're going to work with. It helps, and I think <laughs> it definitely helps. that's the one I see. Like I, I kind of wrote about it in the article, like you know, between the little the competitions or um, the joking and just the pepping each other up or, you mm-hmm. know, it, it just it gave me a sense of like, okay, these guys really want to go to war for each other. I'm not saying other NBA teams don't or maybe Wizards of the past, but it's just something special about this team. And then they're, they're digging into this underdog. Like they read, they read the Twitter, they read the articles. They know people are saying play in and no playoffs. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if we're going to take an angle this year, we're going to take that underdog. We're going to rally. Um, and I love that Monte Morris told us, the fans and the reporters should have a chip on our shoulder. Like, you know, it's like people are making a joke about the Wizards. Like, you yeah. should take you should take pride in that. Like, you cover this team. We're playing the fans. Like, it's almost like a us versus the world type mentality. So I think that's what I really love to see is like, it's DC family, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so that's one of my main t- uh, positives as well. I, I have a friend who covers uh, the league on a more national level and uh-huh. made a joke very recently about like, I mean, you just do a Wizards podcast, you know, it's like, it's the Wizards. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool shit on us. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. would love for, I would love for them to shut everybody up. And I, I think I tweeted this out the other week, but listening to Bill Simmons and his crew do their preseason over-unders and just talk about, like, just destroy the Wizards for being yeah. like this joke franchise. Like, they're not wrong, but also it would be nice to like middle finger them halfway through the year when they're in like the sixth seed or fifth seed or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think as as I talk to other reporters and maybe other fans of the teams, um, you want to be able to say like, no, like this this team can compete. Like I'm not just pulling this out of nowhere. Like you know, the team says it. Like the guys that are on a nightly basis running up between these lines are saying, look, we are gonna you know take it to you. I think 
we make some jokes about the guys they've drafted and the fact that they've tried to go like character, maybe at the expense of talent sometimes. And, and I do think like you can't do that for every pick, but it is nice to have like a foundation of just like good dudes. Like you're seeing in Charlotte right now, like not to get too much into his personal stuff, but like right. the James book night arrests today. And they just had Trez get arrested over the summer mm-hmm. and miles bridges baggage. And, you know, like Malik Monk was doing his Scarface impression in like the off seasons before that, like they're a shit show and they're not going to be very good. So it is nice to root for like a team where you don't have to worry about that stuff. Like there isn't a single guy on this Wizards group where like I'm like just waiting for there to be a headline, you know, a negative yeah. headline like that. Yeah. Character matters, I think, from a top down, um, yeah. because these guys are reflections of the organization. Mm-hmm. So you you want to make sure you're in your best light. Yeah. You've been blessed with opportunity, uh, making millions of dollars. You're on TV nightly. It's like it comes with a responsibility. So integrity and character, I think, um, that comes with it. Yeah, so, they're a reflection of the city. To your too. point. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's it's the thing I try to remind myself sometimes is like, all right, we might not be the best team in the league, but like, it's also it does seem like a group of good dudes, and I, mm-hmm. I do think that that matters in some way too. Like, I don't know if if your team's like a bunch of clowns, but you're in the four seed. Like, is it really that much better? I mean, I would sell, I would sell my soul to win a championship, but anything (laughs) short of that, like, I I think I like having a a crew of like decent human beings too. Uh, All right, Wayne, let's transition a little bit more into the season and and how to prep for it. And like, you know, how the, how prepared for it they actually are. But Mm -hmm. I want to start with one quote and on the show, we've been doing kind of like worse wizards takes that we've seen on wizards, Twitter and stuff like that. But, this one is coming from the team itself and it, it just, it kind of breaks my brain a little bit. And I, I, again, you are a more positive person than me. So maybe you have a better, better viewpoint on this or can, and can calm me down a little bit here. But okay. today Bradley Beal said that the key to making sure the wizards defense performs this year is him and Kuzma. He said, we're going to have the majority of the tough jobs guarding guys. So we have to make sure it starts with us. I'm very okay with lip service from Beal saying like, you know, it starts with me, like blah, 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 or, or if he's actually going to try to be a better defender and hold other guys accountable. I like that, but it's the notion of him getting the toughest assignments that, that doesn't make sense to me. Beal has no real track record as a positive defender. Beal himself has talked about not being able to guard a parked car by him, both himself and the team. And he's also talked about the toughest matchups in the league. Like, he can't do anything on Jason Tatum because he's six inches shorter than him. Like Beal himself has pointed that out a bunch and even kind of threw Scott Brooks a little bit under the bus two years ago for letting him guard some of those guys because he was so physically mismatched. So why would they double down on making their 30 point per game scorer also take the toughest defensive assignments? Like I, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Why is Denny on the team? Why is Will Barton on the team? Why is DeLon Wright on the team? If those aren't the guys that are going to take on the toughest matchups. You know what? I I think, so I'm going to take you back to media day and mm-hmm. essentially Bill said, put the wins and losses on me. Right? So I think he said, I know people may say lip service, but when you sign that type of deal, you know what co- it's going to be scrutiny. He knows that it's going to be praised. So I think it's like he also said Dallas. last year he wanted to make an all-defensive team and win MVP. So, mm-hmm. like, it, there's no real track record of following through on, like, media day claims there. And I'm okay with him saying it. Again, that's mm-hmm. not – it's it's just 
if you're Wes Unseld, why would you want that? Like, why would you want Beal to be the guy to take on the toughest assignment? I, I think he he looks at himself as the leader. And I guess you got to say, in practice, they Beal has been very vocal. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I think it's now, it's just a combination of everything. It's like, I just signed this deal. Not, It's like a reprove it to yourself again, right? Like, sure. okay, they gave you this. What can you do? We know you can give you 30. What can you do on the other end? Mm-hmm. And I think the whole team is preaching like, yeah, we can score, but we're not going to be anything on defense. So if your top guy isn't kind of buying into it, then I guess why is everybody else? So when you have the guy saying, put it on me, like I said, only can go off what Bill was saying yeah. and what the, what, you know, what the schemes the coach believes. But I, I think I, I want to hear that from Bill, actually. You know, like now you can walk the walk. Sure. You got to talk it as well. So when you when you put all that attention on yourself, it's like, okay, now we know who to go to. If the top guy isn't performing, then we go, like, hey, you know. But I just think with Bill proclaiming that this year, it, it means a little bit something because now it's like I have to reshow the NBA. I can do this on both sides. I want to be that all-star, MVP, all-defensive. Got to bring it on both sides. Well, let's just start with him locking down I don't know, Terrence Ross, before we ask him to lock down Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? Like that That's where I'm at here, though. Like, win your matchup. If my guy has a great game, that's on me, and I haven't done my part. It, it just doesn't make sense, even if you want him to have less of an offensive burden with this team, to then still say he's going to take on the toughest assignment. Even Kuzma, I can understand giving tougher assignments to. Um, so I'm okay with Beal saying, like, I need to win my matchup. I need to shut my guy down. It's just that tactic of your best bucket getter. It's There are very few circumstances in the NBA where someone's best offensive player is then also asked tactically to take on the toughest defensive assignment. It, it just, that doesn't seem to track with me unless you've got Giannis. It's like, okay, he's a good defender. Now let's ask him to be a great defender. It's we've got Beal who's been objectively a bad defender. Let's now ask him to go all the way to being a great defender against these other toughest matchups. I, I just, I find that weird. I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that they follow through with that, but I, I don't know what the point is. Like what, what does Denny do for you if he's not out there taking on these tougher defensive matchups or something like that? Yeah. And, and, and to Bill, maybe in spurts because you, because playing both ends can, that's exerting. Yeah, sure. Right? So you, you want him to score. Mm-hmm. You want him to, to take that assignment sometimes. Like I said, you got a Denny, you got you got Will, you got Kuz, yep. Roy, who can do one, say so go one through five. So I just think that angle, and I, and I hear your points, but I just think that's more of a hey, like as the leader, I I, I have to say this. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So it could be lip service, it could be it could be the truth. We won't know until game one and to the whole whole eighty two point season, but I think that was a hey as the leader. I have to put this on my back. Like I have to say that I'm I'm willing to take that challenge. Like I have been in the locker room where Beal played a bad defensive game and said to the media, guys have to start playing better defense. Like there has been subtle opportunities to throw other guys under the bus. So I just want him to feel that way. Game number seven, that he's still going to care about defense. And that's great. Say, say that you want that all, all you want, but, I think a point you were making there too is you have all these other guys and maybe one of their best defensive strength is 
you can throw five different guys at somebody and rotate through. If Barton yeah. gets tired guarding somebody, let Rui take them for a couple possessions. Like mm-hmm. that should be the switchability and the strengths of, of the team. Um, I mentioned this in the last episode. If if you have Delon Wright, Beal, Denny, Rui, Kuzma on the floor together, switch one through five at that point. Like that that should be an advantage for this team. I think. I, I like I, and I like that lineup and and the, the line even said it like they can go big one through three yeah so I, and for Bill it's like hey man I like that you say that but you got some other guys that right. are some defensive dogs so yep. maybe save yourself on that in a little bit so you can you know go up and get your shot and get to the bucket and yep. you know you got guys behind you now it's interesting because KP said he he wants the team to not reach have a lot of reach fouls this year. Mm-hmm. I just trust him as the, the rim guy. Like yeah. defend your guy. And if he does beat you, I'm here. You don't need to reach or, mm-hmm. or scramble. So they've been saying little defensive things. And I know last year, the 10 and three start got everybody excited. <laughs> but if you want to be taken serious, you got to put the ball in the hole, but you got to stop the other team from putting the ball in the hole as well. So yep. everybody's on this defensive train. So I want to see how long they ride it. And people like you, it's like, keep that defensive pressure. You know, like if, if they're saying it from their own mouth, that's on record, then you you have the right to hold them. Like, hey, remember what you said in media there? Remember you said in practice? So I think it can bode well because you can just go back and check the tape and say, I didn't say it. You, you said, said it. So. Right? No, you're, you're, you nailed it. And I hope that the team is doing that with these guys. You said that this is what you all individually cared about do you still care 20 games in? Like everybody can say it now before they've played a real game. It's always the, what will you do when you get punched in the mouth? Like last year, the 10 and three start when the wheels fell off, nobody guarded for like a 10 game stretch. Like no one on the team, even Denny had that like weird, like, I don't know if he was like pouting or whatever it was, but like he had a bad, bad defensive stretch and he was the best defender on the team for most of the year. Like, so I I don't know. Um, Sticking with the Porzingis thing for a minute, I think he's going to be huge for them defensively. Did you hear him make this this comment the other day about how he's worked on like his strength and flexibility in the offseason and being more mobile and agile? Because he looks like bouncier or peppier to me or something. And I think that's huge for them to be that guy to clean up their mistakes. Yeah, he looks like he has an extra. I don't know if he was playing for Lop, um, his national team, Latvia, mm-hmm. um, what his regiment was. But he has an extra bounce. Like he's he's dunking with like a ferociousness. He's hopping. I mean, he's just—is it the beard? It, it could be, you know. I, and it's funny you missed it because I, I'm like KP is—he's not playing. You know how people have an injury and they kind of play tense. Sure, he's playing free, mm-hmm. right? So it's not oh I got to worry about this step, but I have to worry about like he's mm-hmm. he's he's just playing. Mm-hmm. And we, from that little sample size we saw last year, coming into uh, this season, I, I, I think a lot of this team rides on KP's health. Because when he's on the floor, it is a difference maker. So, Wayne, a lot of questions that people sent in were asking about, like, what you got to see, you know, in practice. And they're asking about who's winning scrimmages and who's first team, who's second team. I think maybe one, let's just clarify for people a little bit that, the media does not get to see the entire practice. Most Correct. of what we see is a very kind of tail end, you know, nothing proprietary is going to be shared. You're not seeing the whole scheme, but you get to see them like do a little bit here and there. Can you talk about what you've actually get to see from like a, a general practice session? So what I 
I, I typically see free throws first. Sure. Um, then I'll see individual drill work, mm-hmm. three point shooting work. Um, the occasional everybody does like a half court shot. Yeah. Um, maybe guys on the bike, guys in the weight room, and then of course you know talking to the players through the media session, coach, and then. Uh, if we have time, maybe pulling a guy to the side, just talking to him one-on-one or mm-hmm. maybe two-on-one and uh, mingling with the media. And then that's generally about it. Now, I did get to see, weren't able to record, but did get to see Denny do some 3-on-3 and 5-on-5 work. Okay. Coming off a groin injury, he looked agile. He looked sharp. The three-pointer was nice. I know yep. that was um, maybe some concerns Wizards fan had. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't look like he was injured. You know, he didn't have a groin or... It's great. Didn't show any like oh signs of you know I'm playing so um, he had a solid showing um, again won't say to say the footage but really that was really encouraging to see like they were playing rough they were playing rough hard and mm-hmm. he was closing out he was cutting saw the left hand saw a little mid range saw some threes so he was talking um, and to that point. I love that um, Monte said, you know, he's coming from a winning organization. And he said in Denver, they were getting scratched, clawed. You was, people yep. were bleeding. Um, as he said, we're talking S-H-I-T. Let me keep it uh, PG. Yep. But, you know, we're talking, like, we are trash talking. It's coming from a place of love. Yeah, sure. But they nobody mean, wants they to mean be business. that guy like, yeah. you got beat or you, you slacking. So Kuz, Roy, Denny, everybody has asked. Hmm. He said the trash talking is on a different type of level in practice. And then to Monte's point, he said, look, if practice is this hard, the game should be easy because we are literally going at each other. We don't want no casual walkthrough like we're battling because that only gets us better. So I I, I just think that's another positive. I know we talked about earlier, but they said it's been really competitive. You can hear them. I mean, when we sit out before we walk in, Mm -hmm. it's nonstop talking in there. You can hear the occasional barking at each other. So I, I like that, you know, like. I do too, yeah. They're taking it serious. I, compared to last year, it's been night and day. So we got to ride this as long as we can ride it. Scott Brooks' practices were notorious, especially, you know, previous years for being, um, you know, basically walkthroughs. You didn't, I remember some of the previous players we've had on on the podcast have talked about, like when any of them played for Mike D'Antoni. They never actually practiced the whole time they were on his team. So, like, I think Brooks had a little bit of that. It was a more veteran team. It's also the last COVID year. So, like, people were kind of in and out and they had skeleton crews. Like, this year, I, I want to hear more about like these guys were slugging it out in practice, you know, in December and things like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I'll post some clips on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, just talking to them. It's a dogfight. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's what is special about this team because you can throw multiple guys at multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And they're so long and lanky that if you get a bucket, you 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 had to work for it. Put it to you like that. We had been like a notoriously pro Mo Wagner podcast for his time in Washington and and took maybe some shit for that. But one of the things that Larry Hughes and I both really liked about Mo was you could always hear Mo on the court during, during these games, even like, you know, like there was always something coming from him and there weren't a lot of other guys that talked. Do you get a sense for who's going to be like the vocal 
leader of the defense on the court or, or who's going to be the guy like barking out switches and, and things like that? Like, is it KP as the back line? Like, who, who do you expect to hear more, I guess? Uh, everybody has preached that everybody is feel comfortable to talk. That's great. I think for me, it's going to be Monte and Kuz. Okay. I like that. Um, and Kuz is really like leaned into you know, we're talking, mm-hmm. right? Like, got to be the quarterback of the defense. You have mm-hmm. to, hey, screen coming. It, it goes a, up screen, down screen. It comes a pick. Here comes, here comes this, this, that. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, we have to talk. Like, communication in basketball huh, is yeah. literally essential. Yeah, you got to score this, but if you're not talking, you, you are, I mean, you're already three possessions behind. Yeah. Right. So, and that's where that it's like, you have to be there to see it and then to be able to report it to you. It's nonstop talking. That's awesome. To the point that Monte's like, yeah, man, I, I like you, you, I got flustered because I, I thought I was doing running this play in Denver. I know the verbiage is saying, but it's like it's so much talking going on. That's great. So that can only, you know, benefit that when you're in hostile arenas, when it gets loud, or when you you can know that we can talk, we're loud, and we're kind of prepping for it now. So that's been the one constant, even when they play like the music, mm-hmm. you still can hear the talking. So I've been really impressed with that. So, you know, I started this pod, like podcast on a kind of a negative note. You have totally flipped me here because I'm like such a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like even in pickup, like I'm the guy yelling everything out for everybody. That's probably to an annoying degree. Like I hate when I watch an NBA team from up close and I don't hear anything. the entire yeah. game. Like these guys, I, I, this would be music to my ears if they actually can like follow through on this for a whole year. And and I'm more of a, like I said, these are world-class guys, right? You have sure. to be one of the best, 415, mm-hmm. 430. They get basketball questions. I'm, I'm more of an intangible guy, right? So yeah, it's the you. talking. To, it's, you know, what are you guys doing off the court? You know, sure. like, because you got to build that as well. Like, it doesn't yeah. just, we come to the gym and we have this defensive scheme or we have this chemistry. It's like, well, why do you feel like you can talk? And they're like, well, now I, I feel comfortable. Or everybody knows it's not, I'm trying to, clown you or as they say mm-hmm. son you is i'm only as best as my as my next guys right so when when you just when you see a team talking it's positive because mm-hmm. again you know some guys they they kind of relax on just the talent but defense is so multifaceted yep it's, it's sometimes more beautiful than offense because there's so many working parts and the one thing i can say is everybody doesn't feel like oh if i say this is it's like it's coming from a place of love. We're going, we're in this together. It's a trust factor thing, right? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah, seem, sure. they seem to have that. And the fact that Kuzma and um, Delon Wright go back, Monte Morris and Kuzma go back. Like these guys have pre-existing relationships where it's not some guy coming in that's trying to steal his money on his next contract. It's, it's a dude where it's like, Hey, remember when we were playing this game when we were 14 and played these guys, like, I think that gives them such a leg up from just like, uh, you know, when something goes wrong, they know that they're on each other's team, which is huge. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I, I think that three-headed monster of DeLon, Kuz, and Monte knowing each other, it really, the vibes, like I said, it just, mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're going to work with your best friend. Yep. And uh, Monte even said they played, when when they were little, they they downloaded NBA Live and, and put them on the same team. It's like one day this will happen. So cool. it's like, we have a special moment that is rare. Like, you know, you see brothers playing on the same team, but best friends, like, I think they're really leaning to this. So it's just another positive is 
not like last year where you had some guys that they were half in and half out. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a quote that say here it's it's not that that the vibe, and this is coming like from a guy that's there every day. It's a good vibe to be around. See, I love to hear this. And that's where I was at with this team like 10 days ago, to be honest with you. Like I, I was like, you know what? Every year there's a team that just gels and they're greater than the sum of their parts. And like there's a surprise team every year. Why couldn't the Wizards be that surprise team? And then honestly, like I've been a little underwhelmed by the pre the way they've looked in the preseason. And again, it's preseason, but yeah. Uh, so I'm trying not to read too much into it, but I will fully admit to everyone on this podcast, I have been a flip-flopper. It's not I'm I'm trying to be on both sides of the fence. Like you're you are hearing my emotions with this team in real time as I'm like, okay, my heart's telling me there's something here. My eyes are telling me eh, it doesn't look great so far. Like, so hopefully they can they can kind of keep refining things and, and things will really start to click. That's the other thing too. Like this, you're not a finished product on day one as an NBA team. They have 10 new guys. Beals talked about that. Like it, it might take them a month, you know, that the last year with the Westbrook team, like obviously they started slow, but you know, you can, you can catch fire and you can get rolling yeah. too. Yeah. And, and to credit, like you said, you have a couple of teams that have that longevity. Mm-hmm. You look at the Warriors. You maybe want to put Philly in there, like a Memphis that sure. those guys been around each other. But I think the the leg here that everybody's coming in cool. And you got to, that's another part of this that I hope fans realize. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yep. A favorite quote of West Unsold of mine is stay the course. Yeah. Uh, he says that a lot. So, just give this team some time, but why not the Wizards, right? Yep. And leaning into the, the underdog role, whoever's listening, you should too. So, I mean, respectfully, but have some pride in knowing that if the team is saying, you know, you should have a chip on your shoulder, watching Wizards fan. I've, and I try to ask questions that always put the fans in mind. Say, a message to the fans. You know, mm-hmm. we want playoffs. Tell them we want playoffs. or We want to bring that John Wall energy back. Is, um, there you go. Uh, Delon said to me, or Monte said, no, when you come to cap one, expect it to be playoff atmosphere. So that should get you excited because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, these guys are lacing them up, but they need that energy. They, you don't want to come to cap one and see a sea of green or see a purple. <laughs> you want to see like, you know, red, white, and blue. So I always say it takes everybody from the coaching to the players and especially the fans. I always go back to this sort of like anecdote from Richard Hamilton. And he got asked about, you know, hey, Rip, when you were in Washington, you were like one of the worst defenders in the league. How did you end up going on like this Pistons team? It's one of the best defensive teams in all time and being like a passable defender. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, well, while I was in Washington, no one ever actually asked me to play defense. And then I got to Detroit and they were like, you know, you better find a way like you you better you better do what you need to do. Like whatever it is, you're little, you're kind of skinny compared to like a lot of your, your guys are guarding like figure something out. And then yeah. Rip talked about how like he wouldn't cut his fingernails for weeks at a time. And guys that were playing against him all vouched that like, yeah, Rip would scratch the shit out of us. Like, <laughs> yeah. but like, I would love to hear there's a guy on this wizards team that was like clawing dudes. And you know, like just we're going to do like whatever, like tooth and nail, you know, kicking and screaming, like whatever the, the expression is with these guys, like they're not going to go down without like, like throwing the kitchen sink at you. That that's what I want from a team just for once. And I think uh, I got you hold me to this, but I, I think you'll see that this year. That's good. So I just think there's a certain standard so far that's being set that 
if you don't compete, maybe you won't see the floor. You won't see minutes because Good. it yes. should, it should, it starts, it starts at practice, right? Yeah. You practice how you play. You mm-hmm. practice what you preach. And, um, it's, it's, it's battles. And like I said, I'm, I'm five feet from when they let us in and I can hear it. Like you, you'll, you'll definitely see that this year. That's huge. Yeah. I, I think accountability is what NBA defense comes back to a lot of the time. Like guys can't skate by on bad possessions and, you know, they've, they've done that a lot the last couple of years. So I think that this kind of culture reset might be the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just switching more to what you've seen with your own two eyes here a little bit. So again, anybody, if you asked a question about scrimmages or whatever, I, if I'm not reading it, it's not, we're not blowing you off. It's just, that's not what the media is privy to. So some yeah. stuff you did see though, a couple of different people asked about just Johnny Davis and how mm-hmm. he's looked. And, and Wes Unselda said, you know, Hey, he probably won't get many minutes early on and we'll work him in slowly. And that's what they said they wanted to do with Kispert last year. And then they kind of had to throw him into the, you know, the deep end because of availability and things like that. So I don't actually think that's that negative a quote for people. Like they've got a veteran team. They don't think they have to give him 25 minutes a game. I wouldn't read too much into that, but a couple people, Bulls forever zone, Osmond Begg wanted to know about Johnny Davis's jumper. Like just, I think that was an, one of your videos, I think that got the most like attention from people, I yeah. think was what him shooting in the corners and he's uh, averaging 2.5 points per game so far and is two for 21 shooting in 20 minutes a game. That's sub 10%. Mm-hmm. I watched enough Big Ten basketball last year to know that, you know, he's not Steph Curry, but he's also not a 10% shooter. So yeah. as a guy who's seen the jumper, like, where is he? What do you think? Is there hope? Is there room for improvement? Like, where are we at, I guess? It's room for improvement. Um, I, I don't know if we, you know, want to dial it back to the summer league, right? And it was a back issue. So when you're shooting, you need your back. Um, so, I, you know, I gave some leeway on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing with Johnny, before I touch on the jump shot is, you, I always tell people in talking to guys in the NBA, you can fix a shot, can't fix defense. Okay. So he's defended. Mm-hmm. I see that. So that's the, I'm start with the positive there. He's defending. He's a willing rebounder. He's diving on the floor. So that's good right there. I loved in one of the preseason games, he hit the floor within yeah, the first he, like two seconds of being on the ground. Like in the right. game. So yeah. that's what I'm looking for at first, right? So if, if, if the jump is off, some guy, some guys body language. Oh, what? So I can't remember the NBA player that said it. But if you go over eight, you go over 30. Like you're gonna keep shooting. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe a confidence thing uh with with Johnny, if I from my honest opinion, mm-hmm. um know he's a new father, just just a lot. Being a rookie, just sure. it's it's a lot on his plate right now. Mm-hmm. Not making an excuse for him, but it is a lot. But every time I see him, I don't record or sometimes I do record, but he's he's constantly working on three. He'll have a coach with him or he'll be shooting with somebody. Seen a lot of free throw um, shooting too. And and that's looks yeah. more clean already. Yeah, I the, think. The, the free throws are clean. But I, I just think it's just finding that rhythm, finding that itch. You don't want to write a guy off in four preseason in, in summer league, right? Like yeah. you have to give guys develop early, some late, some they they bloom in the middle. Sure. Let's not write them off. I I I, I see Wizards Twitter, you know, they're bust, and this is like, hold on, like. Calm your brakes. Yep. Blessing this guy's and shit, like you said, with Corey. He kind of got an injury um, to Bill, and he got time, and he, in development, he's an awesome shooter. So mm-hmm. 
again, as, as Wes says, stay the course. Um, it is promising, though, right? It, maybe it's a hit sometimes, mm-hmm. but he, I've seen him go 10 out of 10 or five out of five. And sometime before you have to leave, you have to give, you have to make 10 threes to, to like get off the floor. So I'm not really worried as other on a panic meet, I've seen people with 12, 10 out, one out of 10 is 12 or 50. It's like yeah, hundred out of 10, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Like just, just be easy with it. Right. Like let's give him a bigger sample size. Sure. Now, granted it's not maybe what Wizards fans would have wanted to see, but right. practice wise, I, I, I like what I've seen from him. He doesn't really hang his hat, his head. Like, you know, I, that's the one thing that like, I look, I don't just look for what you're doing, the dribbling. I'm looking for like the little things. So if you notice, if he does miss, it's not, oh man, or mm-hmm. flail, and it's like, I'm gonna get the next one. Yeah, it's big. So even if he's off, the confidence is still there. Coupled with the defense, I, I was telling somebody, I like, I like it, like an Avery Bradley comp, right? Like yeah. lock you up and hit a timely three. Mm-hmm. So if watching tape like that, just just want him to feel more comfortable and loose. Like I said, I've talked to people in the Big Ten that follow it and he can play. Like you're not just Big Ten player of the year, and it's like exactly. you have a fall off. He can go. Um, it's just just gotta feel comfortable. Maybe there's something we revisit, maybe 20, 30 games in. But I just I just want fans to just give him a give, give him a shot. And at that video I posted yesterday, that's what I seen in practice. Like I say, five out of five, a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. maybe you know, a five out of such as here. But the confidence is why I'm still riding with Johnny. He, he hasn't wavered. Yeah, I mean, even Beal, you know, like he'll go 10 out of 10 from one corner and then five out of 10 from the other. Like it, right. it happens sometimes. So if you see one clip where he he makes a he misses a few, so be it. Especially with somebody where they're like in real time working with him on the form. Yeah. I mean, like that's he's going to have, you know, a couple of days where it just like it it looks rough and or it's not clicking or whatever. So I, I'm, I'm with then you. Some of the coaches, like if he if he maybe veers off or hitches, they're like, mm-hmm. bring it back. Like, let's reset. So like they're actively working with his shot and with him. So it's not like he's just, oh, like I'm I'm chucking and no, like they're active. Like so that's one of the things we do get to see. Like he's getting that individual attention from that's multiple huge. coaches. James, James Posey. Yeah. He's a big shot ticket. He's been like taking him under his wing. So like I said, I'm I I'm I know that's the the world we in. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, but just give him give him give him a chance. I I know how this is going to play out because I, I was not the biggest we should draft Johnny da- Davis a 10 guy, but mm-hmm. now I'm going to like de facto have to be like a Johnny Davis defender. Uh-huh. If only because I just, I'm like a firm believer in like, you know, you don't really know what a guy is until year three, but you definitely don't know what he is after three games. So like by default, I'm going to be like the let's be patient and, and I'm going to turn into the Johnny Davis guy. Uh, but I, you know, it wasn't my guy. I don't want to die on that hill. But like, let's calm down. And the Wizards player development staff, the guys I have interacted with, are really good. And we get crushed by the fan bases. Oh, they never develop anybody. Uh, Otto couldn't shoot threes. Rui couldn't shoot threes. Denny definitely couldn't shoot threes. And I think he's going to be respectable this year. Mm-hmm. Corey needed a lot of work. Thomas Bryant couldn't shoot. Like. Obviously, Beal worked with Drew Hanlon, but he also works a lot with the Wizards guys, too. So, like, there's plenty of actual development happening. So I'm glad you mentioned seeing guys in real time, yeah. reminding Johnny Davis what they want to see and working with them on the form and sticking with them on it. They're, they're not just, like, overpaid rebounders. Like, they're they're working with oh, him no. in real time. 
their, their work, like, I can tell you, like, guys, like, they'll maybe do a set or do a drill, do a shot, and then you have a, a coach, like, show them in real time on a on video, like, hey, like, run that back. Or, okay, I like this, but, you, like, there's a lot of development going yeah. on. So I think that's one of the things that kind of get lost that maybe the outside fans will see, but it's a lot of development going on in those practices that we get to see. All right. So the other guy that, that has also been my like pet project here, Isaiah Todd, uh, how has he looked and what you've gotten to see so far? Believing Isaiah, he, he, taking a step with his shot, yeah. um, expanded the range. Him and Kuz, I think Kuz has, has taken Isaiah under his wing a little bit because you always see them off to the side, yeah. maybe doing shooting drill, free throw drill, just, you know, chalking it up. Um, I really think he'll we'll see a, a bigger step from from Todd this year, and I think when you see the GoGo okay. games, um, just that experience with Coach Mike can't speak highly enough of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he feels more comfortable because going from he didn't have college you're straight from the G League sure. and like back to the G League and then you know floating with the Wizards. Um, that's a that's a big transition, yep. but. I would say the one thing I liked about Isaiah this year is the, the three looks confident. I know mm-hmm. last year he would, it'd be a little hesitation. Yeah. Now he's he getting it, letting it fly. And um, I, I think Wizards fans should be behind him this year. Like what I've seen from Isaiah. I, and I, I feel confident saying that you and I have watched probably more of the go-go the last two years than, oh, yeah, for, the, for sure. than, <laughs> for than sure. the average person. And I try to tell people like, Okay, you might see a clip where he looked terrible or a box score where he went one for seven from three. But there were also nights where he looked really good. Oh and and you'd see him block a shot and go coast to coast and hit a three in the corner and he'd go five of seven from three. So it, it's not like last year was like this total shit show. Like he had like real glimpses of yeah, of of uh, you know, NBA like high level NBA talent. So let's just see if he can put it all together, you know, more consistently. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, man. That's one thing I would love for Wizards fan. Check the go-go out. Yeah. Um, because you'll get a clearer picture of especially like your two-way guys and, or a guy like Isaiah. He had he he was jumping out the gym or he was defending, like you said, the block shots. And you see those glimpses, and it's like, okay, I see why they were like, let's pick this guy. The athleticism is through the charts. Yeah. Like I tell yeah, people I that too, and they're like, "Really, Todd is athletic? I didn't know that." I'm like, "The dude's throwing down windmills from like just inside yeah, the free throw like, line." You see a guy almost jumping from the half—I mean, not half—the uh, the, um, the free throw line, catching the oop. Like yeah. that doesn't just grow on trees. Right. So you you see the now with with the Wizards, it was a limited role, sure. but when you got to see him at his full arsenal and getting those starting minutes, mm-hmm. he showed why I was like, "Okay, maybe it was worth taking him where we took him because." You just can't teach athleticism. Shameless plug for the go-go. I mentioned this in the intro, but I'm going to repeat it here. On December the 9th, we will have Believe in Wizards Night at the Capital City Go-Go. Wayne, hopefully we'll see you there. Oh, for sure. Yep. Uh, We're going to have $10 tickets for everybody that wants to go or $40 tickets for unlimited beer and wine. We're going to do a podcast after. Hopefully get Coach Mike on in real time, do questions for people, some giveaways and stuff like that. So Again, anybody, if you're listening to this and you're interested in the go-go at all, you got Wayne and I vouching for it. It is a good product. So hopefully uh, people will come on out. Uh, all right, Wayne, I got a couple questions here for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. Um, 
Joe Swam wants to know any thoughts that you've had watching Denny? Has there been improvement on the jump shot, improvement around the basket using his left hand, et cetera? Denny mentioned working with Drew Hanlon, number one. So that was that was really good to hear. Um, but yeah, his his form looks very clean. Mm-hmm. I know again, it, almost with Denny it was like a little pause and release, but yep. it's just a fluid motion. That's great. So the left hand was an issue. He's been again that individual workout practices, mm-hmm. left hand drills, layups, left hand drill, mid range, left hand drill, you know, cross cross three point shots. So what his weaknesses were, he's used them and is working on them in real time to you know get better. So I can see the work that Denny put in. I, I was happy but sad to hear that he he wanted to play through the injury. And it's like, I get it, Denny, you know, like that grit, I, I love it, but you want to keep yourself yeah. safe too, you know, because you don't want to mess around with that groin. But that yeah, just lets me know he was willing to put his body on the line, right? Yeah. So a lot of guys nowadays like, oh, I'm hurt. So it's like, it's like a- My pinky nail got bent back, yeah, so yeah, I like, can't play man, for a this month. guy fighting through a groin and, yeah. and still wants to be out there. Like that's somebody you can go to war with. Like that's a- that dog, right? Like, yeah. I don't care what I got to do. I want to be on that floor. So, uh, for Denny's sake, and and teammates have said that his defense, you know, it's going to be his calling card. But you want teams to respect. Like, if he's out there, take the shot. And I think from what we've seen, um, just coupled with you know what he's told us, definitely, especially on the three point side, I think trending positive for Denny on that side. I love it. Uh, have you seen any kind of interaction or, or drills or anything with Beal and Porzingis together or any of the five on five that, that you got to see the one day or, or whatever? Like, did, what's that dynamic look like? Haven't haven't seen them particularly on a uh, on a two man game or on a practice because that that's been closed off to us. Yeah. But um, KP is has alluded to it and said, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, you know, we want to take that pressure off Brad. So. If he if he sees me or if I see him like a willing passer, and I think they flat they had a nice two man game. I think it was in Japan, um, where kind of you show like if they really you know hone in on that this two man game aspect, mm-hmm. um, they can do well. And again, this team is predicated off health of Bill and KP, but what they show me on the floor together so far, I like. But that's a big piece of the team is the health of those two. But uh, I not really haven't really got to see it in practice. Yeah, but from you. what they've always been coupled and paired in, in practice, because mm-hmm. um, you know they're for sure starters. But sure. they both say like the field. They like each other's game. Um, I think Bill said he's the best five he's played with. KB and KP. No disrespect to Mr. Gortat. I yeah, would no agree disrespect. with him. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty pretty safe call at this point. Yeah, and I, I know people like you know. Victor Wimbenyama is like he he's like that that typical he's just a unicorn type guy. He can give it to you in the paint from the three. Um, he's rebounding, blocking shots. So that's something we have to revisit again. But from what from what they say and what the eye test says, they should be able to work something this year in that two man game. I've heard Corey Kispert could be out like another month, give or take. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the videos of him out of practice have looked pretty encouraging too. Has he looked spry to you? Like he doesn't look like a guy that's like nursing a major injury or anything like that. Not he. You know what? He he's walking. Um, he's he's shooting. So I, 
it was funny. He was he was shooting like deep shots, mm-hmm. not really jumping, but you know, just to warm up and sure. he was draining them. Mm-hmm. And then he would um doing like, you know, like soft jumping, but mm-hmm. despite the injury, he's not using that as a, a, a nothing. Oh, I'm gonna wait. Like he's out there now. We, we won't see him be rusty for the first couple of weeks, right? Like right. he'll be ready to go. So his he shouldn't miss anything from his jump shot, I would say, because he's still practicing, he's shooting his free throws. I'm um, shooting his threes. He's on the bike, lifting weights. So, okay, he's been an injury, but you got to just maybe the wind to be the only thing because the, all the tools and act, uh, you know, shooting for him and everything he's still doing. So, that's an encouraging sign to see. Uh, well, there's been some speculation because of who was wearing which jerseys when they were filmed in practice over who's going to be starting and who isn't. And mm-hmm. I try to caution people that those things do change during the course of a practice. So what's been filmed by the media afterwards, isn't necessarily what, you know, the team worked on as the starting five for the whole that practice. Uh, but if you had to guess, who do you think is the starting small forward on opening night? If I had to guess, I would, I would go Barton. Yeah. If I was coach Wes, I would go Roy. I'm with you. Now I, and you know, I love Will, and he's a he's a really good player. He can give you thirty a night, easy. I I I would all I more so would like him coming off the like off Same. the bench mm-hmm. with him, DeLon totally. and Gaff. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I just think the versatility and the scoring there would, would would be so well for Will that he could really play his game and. I just think Roy, and it's no disrespect to anybody, but sure. Roy's preseason and camp, man, that's that's going to be hard not to reward, right? Like he just looked really good. I mean, I can't, I can't say it in in any other way. Like he's just th- that goes back to that. Oh, we got to give coach a tough call. But man, what what I've seen from Roy, I would go Monte, Bradley. Rui, Kuz, KP. So Denny being photographed. Denny being photographed in a blue starters jersey after practice does not tell you that he is the de facto starter. Then, right, right, right. Yeah. And that's where that's where I'm at. But I, you see them every day, so I, I, I wanted to definitely get your your opinion on that too. Yeah, and even watching now again, uh, one of my favorite quotes I tell people is, "Anybody can be Michael Jordan playing basketball against air because you don't have anybody guarding you." But yeah. His his three point shooting is just I'm like, man. I he I mean he'll put up with like 12, 15 in a row. Yep. And all net, like not even hitting rim, like just just cash. So I know that was one of his deficiencies coming in. He's just really he's he he elite. So that's what I would go. I'm like I said, I'm not the they don't pay me the big bucks. That's what they, they're paying coach for. But man, just his again, his preseason, his training camp, what his teammates are saying what we're seeing. That's a pretty tough call, but I, I would I would go with Roy. Mm-hmm. But I think if you had that continuity of Monte Martin, um, Coach West, let's I guess it would <clears throat> maybe see how that rides out, which which is not a problem either. Yeah, give um, it ten so, games. I mean, you can always yeah. adjust too. Right, and I think that's another thing that we haven't really kind of dealt. Like they have a special chemistry and bond because they really grinded from being, yeah. you know, low level to being top of the top. So yeah. I guess you want to, if you want to see the angle plays out, 
sure, go for that. I'm, I'm fine with that because um, chemistry and you can't really substitute that. So I, I can get that angle, but just being objective, that would be my five. It is worth noting that as of this recording, I think we have passed the deadline by now, but the Wizards chose not to extend Rui Hachimura. Uh, mm-hmm. So he will be a free agent of some sort, uh, for a restricted free agent this offseason. So we'll see you know, what that process actually looks like. Is it he and Kuzma? Are they both back? Is one of them back? Is neither of them back? So um, we can we can see how that plays out in, in real time. All right, Wayne, last thing, and I really will uh, stop taking your whole evening up here, but first game is Wednesday at Indy at 7 p.m. Uh, second game is the home opener Friday at 7.30 p.m. against Chicago. Uh, then third game Sunday, 7 p.m. against Cleveland. Fourth game Tuesday, 7 p.m. against Detroit. If if I have to put you on the spot here, which is just the job of podcast hosts, I think. Sure. What's the record after those four games? If you uh, if you had to guess here, best case three and one. Okay, I like it. Um, I see a win at Indy. Mm-hmm. I see a win home opener. Yep, I like that. And. I say that because now it just could be in in my world, but that Bulls game is it's almost like a sweet revenge, right? Like how that ended last year with the DeRozan corner three, mm-hmm. and like you get this team home, um, first game, you owe them one, right? Like they're going to be coming out. Oh yeah, we need play. like a Gafford revenge game or something too. Like I I would love to see him have like a big game against them. Yeah, um, maybe that Cleveland game could be trouble. Sure. Um. And then you said Detroit, right? Yeah, I think Detroit's spunky enough that, you know, like if, <laughs> if they were two a, and two, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. That's a tough squad, but um, it's I'll go three and one. And it, I like it. record is on the record, so I even put the There you go. It wasn't start three or one. I dig it. Hey, I would love it. Any any positive start, even if even two and two out of that stretch, I think it's still a reasonable start to the season. So I would happily take it. Uh, Wayne, you've been awesome. This is unbelievable insight. I hope everybody out there listens to this because uh, I think it'll give them a much different feeling heading into the season than maybe a lot of us have had the last week. So thank you for doing it. Where can people find your work this season? Um, I'll be posting a lot on Twitter with articles and running some Twitter spaces. Mm-hmm. I think this year I want to run to get into um, doing like you said, maybe giveaways or having a fan perspective and, nice. you know, giving a fan voice and just hearing what they have to say as well. Um, so Wayne Cole on Twitter, W-A-Y-N-E-C, uh, the number zero, L-E. And that's where you can find me, all my work. and You mentioned some articles. Where where have you been writing for? Like people want to look those articles up. Where where can they go? Um, I'm, I'm writing on medium.com. So I'll, um, I'll start. I, I have a couple articles out. This is a NBA Japan games and, mm-hmm. In my observation at training camp. So I loved your training camp diary there. Like the, the, those were like really good observations. And, and I went through and was like, yep, that makes sense. Oh, yep. That makes I sense. Appreciate yep. you, man. Yeah. That was great. Thank you, man. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully we can have you back on a bunch here this season. I love the perspective. I, I look forward to seeing you at some go, go games here too. Cause we got oh, yeah, to sure. wrap our guys. Uh, Wayne, thank you. Let's see how we're doing uh, after these first four games, but fingers crossed we get a three and one start out of it. All right. For sure. Looking forward to it. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, as always, we were presented by betonline.ag. We'll see you after the first week of the season.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.